0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Edge Podcast by MGR, your host, David Gill here. I hope everybody is having a fantastic week. As always, I certainly am. And today, we are talking about something that I have been pushing off talking about for a long time. I've avoided, avoided talking about it for a long time on this podcast. And that is the China trade war situation. I did one episode over a year ago at this point. I remember it was probably spring sometime last year, so that was quite a while back, quite a bit has happened since then. But um I've I've kind of found myself forced to talk about it because that was really the big story this week and really it's the biggest thing in tech right now and honestly in the overall markets and business and i mean it's it's a big deal it's really affecting everything even you know we work with a lot of uh e-commerce clients who source a lot of products from china and they're even you know they're coming to us like hey what does this mean and i'm like uh i don't know i'm not a i'm not a trade law lawyer but um Anyways, with this Huawei ban and all of the, the you know, the new executive order, I felt compelled to talk about it. It's something that is very complicated. It is something that is – there's just so much information to uh, go through that I'm afraid I'm going to miss things. I've been doing a lot more preparation for this particular episode than I normally do for episodes just because I know that there's so much and I don't want to miss things. And I'm sure I will miss things. Um, but I'm going to give my analysis and honestly what the repercussions of the Huawei ban could be and really what the what what could happen in the US economy, in general world economy uh, with this trade war. Again, I haven't wanted to talk about it because it is so complex and there's so much to get into, um, but I'm going to focus a little more on the tech side and then expand from there, but anyways... I'm gonna do my best here, but I think that there's a lot of implications and that's why I felt the need to talk about it, so that's what we're gonna do. Oh, I just, oops, I, I don't think the mic picked it up, but I just bumped my drink by accident. And uh okay, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to mention this real quick. If you care only about China trade war and nothing about me personally, uh, that's okay. I understand you can skip ahead. Uh, but I have to say, has it's, I'm drinking this aloe vera juice right now. And I've never drinking it before. It was recommended to me. You know, it's a healthy drink, blah, blah, blah. So I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I bought it and it came today. And it tastes like water, like it and it looks like water and I'm worried that I got ripped off. I bought it on Amazon and, you know, I looked at the reviews for a bunch of different ones and this is the one that people said didn't have like an aftertaste because I guess aloe vera juice sometimes has like a bitter aftertaste and this one didn't. But I'm thinking, but it says like it's distilled aloe vera gel into the juice with some whatever special thing. And I'm like, is this just water? But then I looked the th- the bottle, and it had calories and, like, carbohydrates and stuff. Like, water obviously doesn't have that. So there's something in this. But I think that there's just... I don't know. It has no taste. It tastes like water. And I'm worried that I spent a ridiculous amount of money on just water. So, I mean, not like it was super expensive. But if it's just water, it's very expensive for water. So, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I'm getting duped. You know, maybe the, I'm just going to hope the placebo effect works. And in my head, I think it's this beautiful juice that's going to make me faster and smarter and better in every way. Anyways, that's my quick tangent. I, anybody drink aloe vera juice out there? I know it's a very uh, kind of pretentious sounding thing, but I did it just because it was recommended to me. And I wanted to give it a shot. So it tastes like water. If, it, if it, Hey, if it has health benefits and it's just to taste like water... I'll take it, because there's a lot of other stuff out there that tastes not so good, and uh, it's hard to get down for the health benefits. Anyways, let's uh, let's get into this China trade war stuff. Funny when I'm okay, so let's start off by uh, kind of going through exactly what happened this week, in case you don't know all of the details. I'll be brief. Basically, the first thing that happened was that um, Trump signed a new executive order that basically allows the U.S. to ban telecommunication gear and services from, quote, foreign adversaries. Um, And then the United States Commerce Department later added Huawei to what they call their entity list, which basically means companies that which means that companies are not allowed to sell U.S. technology to Huawei. Um, So that's kind of a big deal. Obviously, basically, Huawei cannot get anything from U.S. suppliers or suppliers who work with the U.S. to develop technology. And I'll get into that in a second, why that was a big deal. So then after this, basically, after the executive order that Trump did, Google... um, cut off huawei from android um from the google android there's the open source android that is just that that that's just a plain open source but as far as the it's the one that they use in china but as far as everywhere else in the world they use most cases the google uh android which is basically it comes with the google play store and google applications uh google maps stuff like that that is all uh the, Huawei has no access to any of that, which basically means that their phones are worthless, right? I mean, you can't have a phone without an app store. And they basically, that's what they have everywhere except for China. And so then after that, ARM, A-R-M, the they're one of the big players in the chip space. Uh, they're a British company, and they're one of the companies that... Uh, I'm not. Do they design or do they manufacture? I believe they design the chips. I'm not. I don't think they manufacture. But anyways, because of the entity list thing, which meant that, like I said, you you cannot sell any U.S. technology to Huawei, Arm said that they kind of, even though they're a British company, some of their development was using US technology and they weren't sure it was kind of gray. And so they took the precaution of basically saying, we're going to stop doing business with Huawei as well. So now Huawei is really cut off from pretty much all of their major components the crucial components that you need for their to build their devices and as far as selling their devices they're only going to be worth anything in china because everywhere else in the world we don't use or everywhere else in the world they use a different type of android and if you don't have android if you buy an android phone but don't have the play store or anything google uh, that's pretty worthless. So they're only going to be able to sell in China, but they're also going to have to figure out their own supply chain and start finding other uh, suppliers for components because a lot of their components came from the U.S. and from ARM, and now they don't have access to either of those, which is why it's such a big deal because really this is just a, a move that I, I don't know if it's going to kill Huawei, but it's going to definitely uh, hurt them quite a bit. Um, but really, so that was the major thing. That happened right this is this is the u.s now some people are calling this an attack but i think it's more the u.s striking back um because if you look at what china has done to u.s companies as far as blocking uh them off you know google is blocked facebook is blocked Uh, Pinterest is blocked, Twitter is blocked, Dropbox is blocked. I mean, all of these U.S. tech companies are blocked in China. Uh, Meanwhile, the U.S. really hasn't done that here. Uh, There's been a couple cases, but this is the first major case besides ZTE, which happened last year, which was different because they were supplying um, uh, basically goods to Iran and North Korea, which was a big no-no. And so they got uh, shut down. But this is the first time that a major, major tech company has just been blocked due to security, like preemptive, because really the thought is, um, and it's, I I very much, believe that it's true, just based on the, what we know about China. But the, the the fear is that, well, if you bring in all this Huawei uh, devices, and then they have access to all of the US uh, networking, you know, cell towers and everything, all of our communications, that Chi- the Chinese government is going to then tap into it and use it to spy. And yes, I, 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 I very much believe that would be the case if it were to happen. Um, so, this is the first time that the US is basically doing something where the company hasn't actually done anything yet. There's no proof that Huawei has done any wrongdoing, but because of the extreme likelihood that it would lead to massive Chinese spying on the US populace, uh, they preemptively basically shut down Huawei. And, But again, this is more the US striking back because it's not like Twitter or Google or Facebook or any of them did anything wrong to China. They just ban them because they don't want those U.S. companies and data leaving their country. So they have their own uh, homegrown social media networks and all of these tools. Now, I think the difference is... That this move from the u s being cut off from u s suppliers and the u s consumer is much more damaging than being cut off from China because Facebook and Google and Twitter and all these big companies they have markets outside of China, and they don't necessarily <clears throat> they don't necessarily rely on chinese uh supply obviously it's different they're software companies but they don't rely on China to run their companies. They don't need China. In Huawei's case, uh, they need U.S. components, a lot of their device, and they need ARM components. Um, so without those, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So it really just kills the core of their business, and they're going to have to very quickly figure something out. So the major difference is that this really kills the company. In China's case, when they ban companies, it's more of shutting off opportunities for growth and expansion more than killing the company itself. And so the question really is, how could China strike back? Um, And will they strike back, right? I guess everybody's wondering what's going to happen next. That's the big question. And obviously, I don't know. But I know what they could do and kind of what's at stake and things that might be going through their head or I say their head, but probably not the best terminology for a country or a government. But you get what I mean. What what is China thinking? What is the Chinese leadership thinking and what could they do? Well, really, there's two things that the U.S. wants from China that's their manufacturing. Obviously, I think that's the biggest thing that we do with them. We manufacture a lot of goods in China. And then their consumer base, that's been the focus of many, many companies, US companies growth is the massive growing consumer base of China. And so those are the two options. And those are the two pain points that China has access to against the US. Now, obviously, both of those are going to hurt China as well. But it's kind of a question for them. Yes, we're going to hurt ourselves a little. But if it hurts the US more, is it worth it? Um, On the consumer side, I think is the more likely first step, right? I think that the odds of China retaliating by trying to cut off uh, supply chain's is unlikely right away, um, if that makes sense. Because obviously, you know, the the U.S. companies bring in a lot of money to China with their manufacturing. So yes, China could hurt supply chains, but obviously that hurts themselves too. But they hurt much less by cutting off consumer companies, companies that are just trying to sell to the Chinese consumer. The biggest one people have been talking about is Apple, uh, obviously because Apple, I mean, one of their biggest growth uh, strategies besides selling services, if you've been listening to this podcast, is to expand into China and grow their Chinese sales, which they haven't been incredibly successful at, but they've been actively trying very hard to do, and it's been part of their strategy for years now. So if China were to basically do what the US did and say that you cannot, Apple cannot sell us devices in China, that would hurt Apple quite a bit, especially because, like I said, a lot of their growth is predicated on expansion in China. And this is the same not just for Apple, though. Apple is the big tech company that people are focused on. But China could do it to many companies. They could do it to Nike, to uh, Yum Brands, which has been expanding a lot. Yum Brands is the umbrella company that owns, I believe, Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut, uh, and I think others uh basically major restaurant chains and kfc and pizza hut and all these they've been expanding quite a bit in china and part of yum brand's major strategy is for growth and their in part of their valuation in the stock price is because they're expanding so much in china and anticipate to keep gaining steam in china and so that's the case for a lot of companies you know in in the u.s obviously we are a much more mature market uh, versus china which you could still argue is developing i wouldn't say they're you know a developing country but they're still very much developing into being a global uh, consumer powerhouse they're definitely a global economic powerhouse but they're they don't have the power of the u.s or european consumer quite yet but they're getting there and many U.S. companies know this, and that's why so much of their growth strategies, if you listen to any of their conference calls or basically any of the, the the CEOs of many U.S. companies talk, a lot of their strategy is basically saying, listen, the U.S. market is saturated. We're focused on China right now to look for growth. And that's where China has a lot of leverage because they could cut off a lot of these U.S. companies. And that kind of gets into... Uh, my next point, which was kind of relating to Trump. Now, I'm not a political person. This isn't about uh, pro-Trump or anti-Trump. This is about uh, what Trump is trying to do and what China thinks he's trying to do and what could happen. So Trump, obviously, you know, we have the 2020 elections coming next year. And one of the biggest things that he's going to be running on is the fact that the economy has been doing so well uh, on paper, basically, super low employment. Uh, you know, they're talking about GDP growth, and then obviously the stock market has been doing very well. And so you kind of mix all those things together, and you have a good platform to Trump for Trump to run on. And that's exactly what he plans to run on. Um, So the question, and that's why you see, and especially the stock market's been doing well, helps people's 401ks, helps Wall Street's very happy, uh, and people rightly or not very much equate the stock market with the general economy, uh, with the health of the general economy. And so... If the stock market were to not necessarily crash, but start going down and the overall US economy were to appear to start being weakened by China, then Trump could be in a lot of trouble come election time next year. And so... The reason I say this is if you look at Trump's behaviors, it's clear that he wants to keep this thing going, especially because he knows this re-election is coming up. Uh, If you look at the way he talks to the Fed and talks about the Fed and about how they need to keep interest rates low, how the stock market's doing so well, that's clearly something he hears a lot about. So if China really wanted to, as a threat to Trump, to say, hey, you better back off on this trade war, they could start cutting off major U.S. companies from selling in China, uh, essentially, like, like I said, the, they could really cause somewhat of a, a mini uh, a crash in the U.S. because so many companies in the U.S., a lot of their growth targets and valuations, very high valuations, are based on their, their guessing and their, their hopes of expanding into China. But if that all goes away, and all of a sudden, if you have major companies who, and this spans from on the consumer side to even on the uh, construction side, I know Caterpillar is trying to expand into China, uh, you have a lot of these major companies that are have Chinese uh, growth potential and are, are growing in China and are trying to bring US goods into China. And obviously, the Chinese people want them because we sell great goods, but... If they cut all of that off, a lot of these companies who are expecting, say, 20%, 30% of their revenue to be coming from China over the next uh, five years, and all of a sudden that revenue goes to zero, the valuations of all of these companies could drop massively, and that's the threat. That's the thing that China can dangle over Trump. Hey, we can really cause a mini crash in your US stock market into a lot of the big companies because we could take away all of their potential growth with one move. And that's the danger. Um, and that's what I think is more likely. Now I don't think that they're just gonna go do some sweeping thing, uh, but if they were to attack the US, it would probably be in that way. Now, they could also try to massively disrupt U.S. supply chains, just like the U.S. did with Huawei in one particular. The difference is this is one particular case, right? And Huawei relies on a lot of U.S. components uh, to create their devices. Well, the U.S., obviously, many, many companies, many of our goods are made in China. And if they wanted to completely disrupt the uh, supply chains of thousands of companies, they could do so. But obviously, that's something they're much less likely to do. Because obviously, US companies employ a ton of Chinese people and bring in tons of money into the Chinese economy. So that's very much, I think, more of a a, a last resort move than anything else. But I wouldn't rule it out of the question. And especially if things get continue to escalate and escalate and escalate. Um, And I just think that if you're a U.S. company who relies almost entirely on China or has a major part of your supply chain going through China, I think a lot of U.S. companies, both big and small, are going to have to start considering moving things out of China just as a... precaution because you really can't predict what authoritarian chinese leaders are going to do or what u.s politicians are going to do you know whether trump wins or loses this next election trump is you know not a very predictable person himself but then if you get a new president in uh next year and then they're all of a sudden on a big anti-china tirade you you really have no idea what could happen and you don't want to Uh, lay the future of your business on uh, the whims of politicians and authoritarian dictators. I think that's pretty clear. So, And and really, the the thing that China knows, though, too, is that there are a lot of manufacturing opportunities elsewhere at this point. Um, Obviously, Southeast Asia outside of China has a ton of manufacturing now, and there's already uh, many U.S. companies in there. Uh, but I think it's something that could be considered, and I don't know. It's something that, you know, China is shooting itself in the foot a little bit, but if they think that they're willing to shoot themselves in the foot to shoot the US in the chest, maybe they'll do it. Is that a good analogy? I just thought of that on the spot. So I don't know where things are headed, but those are kind of the situations that are on the table Now hopefully we'll just get a trade agreement and nothing happens and there's no banning of goods and we have free trade between the countries. maybe there's some more tariffs but at up you know straight up banning is kind of a last resort. I, I think that's when things get really escalated and if we do see say China ban Apple or Nike or some major US company from selling goods in China uh, at that point, I think anything is on the table, anything and everything's on the table, because that just means that uh, they're really doing, willing to do whatever it takes to win this trade war. Uh, and I don't even know what that really means to win a trade war, because at the end of the day, it's just going to end up costing uh, citizens of both country more in the end. But maybe the Chinese uh, government, as they've shown, care less about their citizens than U.S. government does, even though politicians very much will do what it takes to get votes and not so much what's good for what's for the greater good but anyways those are my thoughts on it there's a reason why i delayed talking about this for so long because again it's very complicated i did not touch on everything there's plenty of things that i missed this was more on the tech side but you know this trade war has been going on for what a year and a half now or more uh and there's there's a lot going on and there will continue to be new developments But those are my thoughts and just things to keep in mind, especially if you're a small business, you know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, it's even affecting a lot of small businesses and medium sized businesses that we work with uh, that basically manufacture in China and are thinking maybe I should not buy my goods from China as a precaution even if it even if say you have to buy from a supplier that's costing you 10 15% more somewhere else if it takes away that risk of your entire business going under because of some trade war maybe it's worth it it's definitely something to consider anyways guys thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed if you did could you please share the episode with just one person one person who you think would also enjoy the episode or tweet it Or whatever, if you want to. I mean, I'd appreciate that too. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.